Tonight we're going to jump back into our study in the book of Proverbs. We've been off for uh, several weeks due to our holiday scheduling. Tonight we're back in our studies. We go back tonight. Let me say I enjoy, I like, I am glad for our study in the book of Proverbs. I am glad for our study. Now as we get ready to start back, you might say, well, it's not all that flashy. And I would say not at all. It's not flashy at all. You might say, well, it's pretty repetitious, and that seems to be the thing, 24 chapters now, it's very, very repetitious. To that, I would say, yes, over and over and over again, it is very repetitious. You might say, well, haven't we got it by now? Surely all this repetition, surely all these nights, uh, we have it by now. And to that, I would say, do we? Do we get it? Do we have it by now? And I would say maybe not so fast tonight. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. We are finding we have to be so immersed in the Word of God, so familiar with the Word of God, so filled with the Word of God that our lives begin to show the shape of the Word of God. That's what we're seeing. That is what is, is proving to see what God blesses. We have to be so filled with the Word of God that we begin to take the shape of the Word of God. We are not to be conformed, the Bible tells us, with the things of the world. We're not to be filled with the things of the world, but we are to be transformed. We're to be changed by the renewing of our mind, by the filling of our mind of the Word of God. That's what's supposed to be happening. We need to hear the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. We need to begin to consider the Word of God so much so that our lives begin to take the shape of the Word of God. You know what? We do business when we live, when we go to school, when we make decisions, when we speak, when we react. It reveals the shape of the Word of God. Let me tell you, the biggest hurt or the biggest failing in our life is when we confess Jesus and we confess God's word as truth, and yet we're not shaped by it. And I'll just tell you, we, we know God's word is truth. I've told you God's word is truth. Uh, when, when we say this word is true, it, it is a terrible thing when we are not shaped by his word. Instead, we are looking like and we are living like the world. It hurts us. And I watch folks, and there's, there's craziness in their life, and there's trouble in their life. There's hardship in the life, in their life, and, and yet they're not living according to what God has graciously told us in his word. It hurts us. Let me tell you the second thing it does. It drives away the watching world. Listen, you being here tonight, you being here this morning, you professing a living hope, you've marked yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so when we go and we live not looking like the word of God, the watching world is looking and it drives them away. Well, they do what I do. They're no different. Their hope's not any different than my hope and it drives away the watching world. Nothing is worse than people that would say, this is the word of God, that would shout, this is the word of God. And yet they live like and they look like the world. And so here I'm gonna tell you tonight, here we are back starting back for the thousandth time at least, God's word is the best way to live. God's word is the best way to live. Haven't I said that? Listen, it holds true. I need God's word. I need more of God's word 
And so let me just tell you, I'm very glad tonight to start back in our study of Proverbs. We need more of the Word of God. Not just words, not just good ideas, not just goals. It's another thing. Well, here's some goals. Not just goals to shoot for. This is God's wisdom given to us. It's actually the best way to live. All right, so here we go back tonight, starting back, picking back up in chapter 24. We left off in verse 26. We're going to start back tonight in verse 27. God's wisdom given to us. Proverbs chapter 24, beginning in verse 27. It says this. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Here's a good question. How involved in our lives does God want to be? Does, does he, how involved does he want to be? Isn't he just worried about the big stuff? Get saved, be sure, and, and go to heaven. Well, we see here, evidently, it is in all areas of our life that he has a plan. And I, I think that's an awesome thing. He is gracious. He offers us salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. He takes care of the big thing, our sin problem. But he's also very gracious and he's kind in that he gives us a plan for the small things. He leads us in these other areas. And what we would say, the small things of life. He wants to be involved in all areas of our life. Praise the Lord for that. Verse 27 says, prepare your work outside. Now, as a lot of these are, this is an agricultural illustration. It's an agricultural example. It means this, take care of the field. Take care of those things. Take care of what is going to bring income. Be diligent in that. Make it ready is what it actually says. Make it ready. Get that in order. And then afterwards, build your house. Now, that seems like a pretty simple example here, but it's really a, a huge truth that I think a lot of folks are neglecting today. There's a huge truth here. First things first. That's what we see here. Take care of your priorities first. That's what we see here. Now, we see in just this verse that comfort is not the priority. Entertainment's not the priority. Getting the things that we would like to have, that's not the priority. Now, here, here's the big biblical truth. Listen very carefully. Produce before you consume. That's a, that's, a, that's a big thing. That's what the Bible's saying here. How involved is God in our lives? Here's what he tells us. Produce before you consume. That is God's wisdom. That is God's way. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Today, our culture has flipped that over. And, and we, you want a car? You can get it now. We'll finance it for 72 months. You want something you can't afford? We'll get it now. You apply for credit cards. You, here's, here's something you can't ever pay for. We'll just flip it around and we'll, we'll find a way to finance it. We want to consume and then we try to produce to catch up. Most of the times it never happens and we're running behind. Think about how much stress our culture feels trying to produce to pay for the things they've already consumed. 
God's wisdom is this. Produce, take care of that, address the priority before you consume. In fact, here's the truth. If you're not producing, you better watch out what you're consuming. We've got folks that say, you know what, I'm not going to do this, and I, whatever reason, they're not going to produce. They're not going to take care of those things. Well, then you better be careful of what you're consuming because when that gets out of balance, it's going to cause you a lot of trouble in your life. Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field afterwards. Then build your house. All right, moving to verse 28. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Now, verse 28 and verse 29 are really tied together. They're very closely related. Verse 28 tells us this. Sometimes there are some people we do not like. That's a fact of life. Sometimes there are some people we do not like. Sometimes those folks are our neighbors. You may have some neighbors that you just do not like. Well, verse 28 says, just because you do not like them, just because you may have an issue with them, do not seek to harm them by lying about them. Now, the direct context was by taking them to court to injure them. Just because you do not like them, do not seek to harm them by lying about them. Now, we're going to tie it into verse 29. Do not say, thus I shall do to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Now, verse 29 really is the, the way that we operate. They've done something to me, I'm going to do it back. They've injured me, I'm going to injure them back. They've taken something of mine, I'm going to even the score. I don't like them. They've injured me, they've lied about me, they've hurt my cause, and so I'm going to do what they did. How many folks think, well, it's all right, I'm just doing what they did. They've been running me down, I'm going to run them down. They've been saying these things, I'm going to say some things as well. I'm going to get back at them. Well, understand, that is not God's way. That is not God's plan, and it will not bring God's blessing. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible instructs us. God sees all things. We do not. God knows all things. He knows what's happened. We do not. God knows the hearts of all people involved. He knows their heart. He knows our heart as well. The Bible says Jesus is the righteous judge. The Bible says leave room for the wrath of God. That means trust it to him, leave it to him. The Bible says, Romans chapter 12, do not repay evil for evil. Vengeance, retribution is mine, says the Lord. It's God's business. He'll settle the scores. He'll pay it back. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to trust it to God. We're to turn it over to God, not repaying evil for evil. Friends, let me tell you, be sure tonight, if we become agents of score settling, it's going to be a tough life. And I, think about people you know, and something's happened to them, and they're going to get them back, and if you get around them, they talk about that person. They did me wrong in 1974, and I've never got over it, and if I can get them, I'm going to get them. If we become agents of, of score settling, 
It's going to be a bitter, 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 foul life. You know what we do as followers of Jesus Christ? We turn it over to God. We trust God. That is a gracious thing to us. That is a good thing, not for the neighbor. It may be, but it's a good thing for us. I'm not going to brew about that. I'm not going to stew about that. I'm not going to sit up at night thinking about how to get even. I'm going to trust it to God, and I'm going to leave it with him. All right, the last five verses tonight are actually a section. They're together. They're teaching a point, teaching a lesson. We're going to look at it piece by piece. Let's start with verse 30. The author says this, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. Now, remember, we've seen this word a couple times, a sluggard. It's actually supposed to repulse us. It's a gross word. It's, it, is, it is a person that has the characteristics of a slug, a slothful, slimy, lazy person. That's the picture, a sluggard. A person lacking sense, and this, this is easy, is a person with no sense, a person that does not have sense. Uh, they do not do the smart thing. They do not do the wise thing. It doesn't mean they don't know the wise thing. They just don't do the wise thing. Here's what they do. They do the dumb thing. That's literally what it means. A person lacking sense operates outside of God's wisdom. Here's what the guy says. I pass by their field. Here's the sluggard. Here's the person that does the dumb thing. I pass by their vineyard. And their work is about to give a testimony. Their work is about to tell us a story. Verse 31. And behold, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. Verse 31. And behold, see, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. Now, again, it's an agricultural example. Here's what, it, here's what it means. He went by the field, and he looked over at the field, and the field wasn't plowed when it needed to be plowed. And so thistles came up. And the field wasn't hoed. It wasn't weeded when it needed to be weeded. And so the nettles have taken over. It wasn't tended to. It wasn't taken care of when it needed to be taken care of. It says even the wall is broken down. Here's what that means. They haven't done what they needed to do when they needed to do it. There is a timely fashion, there's a timely order to doing the work that we have to do. We saw in the first verse, you have a priority. Take care of the priority before you do something else. This guy, he looks over at the field and they haven't done what they needed to do when they needed to do it. They haven't plowed when it's time to plow. Do you know there's a time to plow? They, They haven't They haven't taken care of the weeds because they didn't plow. They haven't taken care of the weeds. They've neglected that. And then then here is the wall. Now, I want you to think about the wall. How does a wall come down? Little by little. Stone falls off. Cow gets over, brushes up against it. Storm comes. It means this is the pattern. This has been going on. There's a stone that fell off. They didn't put it back up. There's an accident. There's There's a breach in the wall. They don't patch it up. 
This has been the pattern. They don't take care of the business of their field. Again, this is an example. And when I saw, I reflected upon it. Verse 32. I looked and I received instruction. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. And when I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked and received instruction. As he passes by, he sees the field, he sees the vineyard, and they are testifying. Now, more than that, there is a lesson to learn. Now, it could just be telling you about the guy, but it does more than that. There is a lesson to learn. Well, the verse says here, this guy, he is wise, he is considerate, and from this man's mess, he learns a lesson for himself. A lot of times that's how God's wisdom works. We see what doesn't work, we see what bears a a terrible result, and we resolve not to go that way, not to do that. He sees this man's mess, and he learns for himself. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked, and I received instruction. Here's the lesson, verse 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Let me explain verse 33. I want you to see the picture here. Notice the language. It is not a huge sleep. It is a little sleep. It is this morning, well, you know what? I'm not going to get started that early. Well, it's mid-morning. This day is almost gone. I'll wait till after lunch. It is this afternoon. Well, I've got some things I might get distracted and do those things. Well, it's not that pressing today. It is a little sleep, a little bit, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon. You know what? I'll get to it tomorrow. You know what? Tomorrow's a better day anyway. I didn't have all the stuff ready. You know what? I'll get to it tomorrow. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to stress with it today. I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow. It's, it's a little bit later. You know what? The, the second half of the week will be better. Little folding of the hands. I'm going to take a break. You know what? I, I've been working hard. I've been doing all these things. I'm going to take a break. A little folding of the hands to rest. It means I believe it's deserved. I'm going to take a break. A little here and a little there and a little here. And I deserve it here and it won't matter over here. A little, that's what it is, a little sleep. A little folding of the hands. It's not going to matter. Here's the lesson of the verse. Here's the call of the verse. Be diligent. Be in season. Be ready. That's what the top verse said. Be ready. Take care of your business. Keep the priority, the priority. Be diligent. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Verse 34, and then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. What you do matters. Maybe you got by with it once. Maybe no one noticed once. Maybe you're not diligent. But all of a sudden you have a need and the needs aren't taken care of. And now you got a problem and now there's an issue and now there's trouble that arises. It's time, but you know what? You're not ready. And so the opportunity passes you by. 
Here's what that means. It's an agricultural example. For most of us, that doesn't apply. Here's what that means. And man, does God care about the little things? Well, listen to this example. Here's what this means. As God's people living in God's wisdom, we are shaped by his truth And yes, I've put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to heaven, praise the Lord. But shaped by his truth, we're to be workers. We're to be wise workers. We're to be ready workers. We're going to avoid trouble. We're going to avoid stress. That's what comes when we're not. Look at our world today. And it's, it's stressed out in trouble, upside down. Here's the answer. Produce, then consume. Be a worker. Be diligent. Be ready. God has a plan. God cares, and his way is best. I was thinking about this this afternoon. I was thinking about what that means, what that looks like. You know, I want my kids... I want them to know Christ. I want them to know the word of God. I I say the greatest thing I can leave my kids is that if anything happens to me, go to the word of God. Go to the word of God. Quickly go to the word of God. But you know something else I want to see in my kids? That they're workers. That they're not going to let somebody outwork them. That if it's time to get there, they're early. If it's time to stay, they're going to stay late. They're not going to let somebody outwork them. They're not going to let somebody carry their load. That they'd be faithful, diligent workers. You know what that's going to do? That's going to bless them for the course of their days. God has a plan. God cares. His wisdom matters. His way is best. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for your truth tonight. We're thankful that you care about the big things, that you care about the things Uh, Lord, that we have no answer for outside of Christ, our salvation, a remedy for sin. But we're also thankful that you care about how we speak, how we treat people, how we live, how we raise our kids, how we exist in our church, how we exist in our homes, how we even work. And Lord, I pray as we hear this tonight that we would be encouraged to be diligent, that we would be encouraged to be shaped by the word of God, that we would make a plan that we're going to be diligent, that that our employers would be pleased, that if we're self-employed, that we'll be ready. And Lord, I pray that that would bring peace to us and be a testimony to you. Lord, I pray that we're shaped by your word. Lord, again, we come, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for a new start to a new year. Lord, I pray that we're faithful to invite folks to the activities of our church, that we're faithful to encourage people to trust Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we have a living hope, that we live in a way that that exalts our living hope, that leads others to that living hope. Lord, I pray as we go back to a new week, I pray that we walk in your word, that we walk in obedience. I pray, Lord, asking for your protection, for your grace, for your help, for your wisdom, for your strength. And Lord, we just come and end this day by saying you are faithful. You are kind, you are trustworthy, you are loving. We worship you, we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.